Hi there, it's Andra Zaharia here, bringing you a special episode of the How Do You Know podcast. Today I'm going to be trading places with one of my former guests, Louis Grenier. He does the Everyone Hates Marketers podcast and an incredible workshop called Stand the Fuck Out, uh, which I did last year. And the reason we're having this conversation and he's asking the questions and not me is that last year I did his workshop, which triggered one of the most important decisions that I've made in the past years, which has definitely made a huge positive impact on my life over the past couple of months. And I feel I'm only just beginning to uncover that. So what we're going to do is pick apart that decision and see why it happened and how it changed things. And you're in for a treat because Louis does not let his guests off the hook. He is a relentless question asker. He's super kind. He's very generous, but he does not tolerate bullshit. So you can expect that he's going to dig into all the tiny little details that made a difference. I hope that this episode kind of works for you in a way that brings to light, you know, all of the things that you wanted to do in the direction that you're using your gifts and your abilities and your experience in. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you simply because um, it's a unique opportunity to share some very personal things that happen behind the scenes with you. And also, um, you know, a chance to talk to one of my favorite people, not just in marketing, but in general. So here it is. Here's my conversation with Louis Grenier. I hope you enjoy it. So take me back to a few years ago when, or I think it was uh, two years, maybe three years ago, when you decided to go full time uh, freelancing. Yeah, it was almost three years. Mm-hmm. So what happened then? Like, why? Did, what made you decide to actually um, go on your own? And you don't have to go into the details specifically of, of that, but you know, what's the starting point? So it was almost three years ago, and there were two very clear things for me. I kept burning out, and that was the main issue. So that there was clearly a way that some, there was clearly something wrong with the way that I used to work. It, there were two things there. First of all, I was doing a lot of things that weren't part of my main focus. And those things had to do with management, which mm-hmm. taught me a lot as an experience, but it completely drained me, even though the people were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second aspect was the lack of, let's say, culture fit with the leadership direction. Okay. <laughs> so C-level management wasn't agreeing, wasn't in agreement with what I stood for and what I believed in and what I wanted to do further. And I couldn't, I I, I just reached a point where I couldn't handle it anymore. So I decided that, you know what, I'm going to try and make my own culture and see how that pans out. And I'm going to try to be my own boss and see what that feels like, even though I never thought of myself uh, as an entrepreneur ever, ever, ever (laughs) up to that point. Uh, Because I thought you needed to be first an extroverted person, and I was not. Uh, I thought that you needed kind of some, you know, business acumen that I didn't think I had. And honestly, I didn't trust myself. Not a lot. I had moments where I did feel a little bit empowered, but most of the time I felt 
like a fraud and like I wasn't good enough to do this thing on my own. So there are a lot of self-limiting beliefs from the start. So you didn't, you thought because you were introverted, you wouldn't be able to do it. You thought that you didn't necessarily had the entrepreneurial gene. You, you thought you were, you had less knowledge than the people around you or that you weren't therefore you weren't able to help people. I mean, that's a lot of stuff that you actually brought with you when you started to go on your own, right? I brought some of it with me, but at the same time, I worked on it a lot. So I've been going to therapy for quite a while, mm-hmm. but I also went to coaching because I felt I needed a, a different approach, a more, let's say, pragmatic one. And I found a coach that had entrepreneurial experience. He had gone through all of these stages himself. So he was able to you know, face me with those specific issues and help me unlock them. And that kind of triggered very fast progress around all of these issues. Right. And it, it was several things at the same time. So it was the coaching thing. It was the fact that I connected to an incredible group of freelancers from which I learned so much around, you know, how to handle your own business, how to go in this thing with good expectations. It was Kelly Moore's and Paul Jarvis's, the Creative Class podcast, which helped me a ton. It was fundamental for me going into this. It was Marjana Kay, it was Elise Dobson. And I learned from them a bunch of things that helped me feel a lot more prepared. I didn't just plunge into it because my anxiety triggers me to mm-hmm. make a plan and be very thorough. Mm-hmm. So I did all of that. And it had it was this uh, kind of virtuous cycle where it helped me across the board. So doing it, actually doing it, helped me believe in myself and build that self-esteem. Um, while also at the same time, you know, actually working on it with intent during coaching yeah. and obviously the work that I did on my own. Do you remember the day... When you decided to actually quit and and launch it, like was there? Oh, yes. (laughs) It was August 2019. uh, And I'd just been in five back-to-back meetings that day and hadn't gotten any real work done. uh, And I just couldn't, I just said to myself, like, this is not the kind of life I want to live. I don't want to be in meetings all day. (laughs) What the hell is this? This is not what I want to do. I'm a creator. I want to sit and do the work. (laughs) Did you give your notice the next day or? Not the next day, but I started thinking about it. I started planning for it. I handed in my notice, I think in October because I had a very long, it's like if you're a manager, you have like a 45 days thing notice. Yeah, but... So you you still gave your notice two months after you had decided in your head, this is it, right? Yes. Yeah. That was kind of it. Okay. <laughs> what what, take, what took you so long? I, ha- I had to prepare. I had to like find an accountant, start setting up oh. the company and everything else. Oh, yes, yes. All yes, the yes, stuff yes. that you didn't <laughs> actually have to do to quit. Okay. I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's, t- I mean, that's, that's interesting, right? That's what I'm asking because I think that's something people do a lot, which is, they focus on the tasks that are actually not that important in order to avoid the tasks that are. The the number one thing that matters when you decide in your head, I want to be a freelancer or I want to be an entrepreneur is to sell stuff, right? Is to get money in the bank as fast as possible. And I remember the very first time I had decided to create my own business a few years ago, same thing. Focus so much time on picking an accountant and registering the company and the logos and the names and then you basically can spend months even years sometimes just pretending to be an entrepreneur while mm. 
what I've understood after is the fact that the I, I'm not, I'm not going to say the real entrepreneur, or at least I would say the people who are way more experienced in that game, they obsess over the problem they want to solve. And what they want to do is get money as fast as possible to solve that problem for people because they know they're going to get, they're going to, they're going to do them, their people a disservice if they don't show up and solve that problem for them in exchange for money. Right. And so that's the big shift that I've seen. Like, you know, those, those people who seem to be selling lots of stuff and be successful. I think this, this is what they, they've, they've had ingrained in their head. So, okay. So it took you a long time after that decision actually to actually do it because you had to plan because you are like me, someone who, you know, has, who thinks about the future a lot and potential scenarios and what could be happening. Right. So that's what happened. That's true. And also, so in, in, in Romania, there's also, let's say the bureaucracy part. So you can't, around the idea of money, having money in the bank, you can't invoice someone if you don't have a company and if you don't have a contract. It's different from other countries. And right. plus you don't look professional going into it. Mm. I mean, I didn't want to go into a relationship with a client and tell them like, hey, it's going to take me a month to you know be able to do the contract and everything else because that would have kind of mm, damaged mm. the trust relationship. Yeah, you see, that's also self-emitting beliefs there. Um, that, excuses. True, true, true. Because it, just send them is, the PayPal and is. get PayPal money, and then you'll you'll fucking you'll get the consultant, the accountant to say, "Hey, by the way, I got money before." So I can That's deconstruct all of those thoughts, <laughs> and and I can do that because from an outside perspective, it's easier. But I do have plenty of those. But and but this is something that is super important for people to to realize. And and by the way, congrats on on being so open about all of this because I, I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people. The core thing here is people don't realize that their beliefs are responsible for a lot of stuff, a lot of inaction, a lot of actions that they're taking. They, they take those beliefs for granted for like gospel, but in fact, they're not. They're in fact, they're nothing. Uh, beliefs are nothing. They, they just, they're just things that are creating by, by your neurons. And so you can basically change them if you want to as well. And so it's funny to de deconstruct that from your perspective and see like that the basically everything you've said so far in the journey and the, the potential obstacles and barriers are actually beliefs that are not rooted in reality, you know? That's true. And that's when it, it is. And they were. And one of the things that helped me was actually that I went to the My Unique Ability exercise, which yep. we had talked about like three years earlier. Yep. Uh, and I did that again. And it started to, you know, it, it helped kind of unroot some of these issues, but it took it took a long time, obviously. It was a long process. I can't believe it's been almost three years. And now I'm looking back and it's taken me almost three years, let's say two years and a half, to get to this point where I switched from, you know, I, I did gigs all, all the time besides, you know, my work things. I always had projects, but somehow I never saw myself like doing this full time mm -hmm. because why, it's the same kind of work. Of course, I'm doing it on a completely different level now, but it is the same kind of work. My work ethic hasn't changed. I haven't changed fundamentally as a person. It's just that your I, belief system. Exactly. Yes. That, that was the biggest transformation. And I do feel like a completely different person almost now yeah. at this point. So I've, um, I, I've, I worked with a coach recently. So I've been working with therapists and coaches for a while, but this time around, I work with someone who, uh, who specializes in like those type of things, like beliefs and stuff. And I love the framework that, that she used with me is a framework that it has been done, uh, developed by, uh, 
a life coach called Brooke Castillo. She's quite well known in the, the coaching industry. And she came up with a very simple system, which is, um, so circumstances, uh, so the, the neutral fact. So that for you, it could be, I gave my notice for my job. The thoughts um, that come from that circumstance. So that's, that's when it's starting to be like you personal. So it could be, I'm overwhelmed about what to do next because I have to create a business and I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Like it's a simple sentence like that. The feeling that comes with it. So that could be, uh, yeah, anxious or overwhelmed or like one adjective. The action you're taking or not. So the inactions as well. So what you're doing in your head or on the outside, I start overthinking. I, I, I think of all the stuff that could be happening. I'll plan over the top. I, it takes me a long time, you know, and then the result. And result would be, I'm basically at the same spot that I was two months ago or something like that. The key to that model, and again, it's it's basically cognitive uh, therapy. I don't remember the exact name, but it's not like something fucking crazy new or whatever, <laughs> but that's the way the brain works. The way to do it is to, channel, is to change the, the beliefs at the top. So the thought that comes and basically starting to change it so that you can change the feelings that come with it and therefore the actions you're going to take and whatnot. And... That actually changed a lot of, of things for me, realizing that I had a lot of beliefs still today, obviously, and it's never ending game. So that's the other thing. It's like a, uh, the way she put it was, it's an infinite chess game between yourself and yourself and your opponent knows you so well. And it's constantly like having to, to work that out and doing models, like that's called the model, like doing the models over the time. Anyway. So maybe in the next few minutes, we can pick up a few more. But so to go back to you, the you gave your notice, you quit, you did, you registered a company and whatnot. And so you decided to work with a coach, which is great. Uh, and how did you get in touch with those other freelancers? Like, how did you create this group of people around you? Oh, I just actually, for the first time, not for the first time, but one of the few times where I finally decided, like, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and just DM, I DM Marjana and I asked her, like, hey, I want to start freelancing. Here's what I'm at. Here's what I figured out. But I feel like I could, you know, I could use, it It would be incredibly helpful if we could just chat for a bit and, and let me pick your brain. She was super excited. She's super open. And we had an incredible conversation that sparked what became a beautiful friendship that's still going. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't just that. After we talked, she realized like, hey, do you remember, like, have you seen this talk from Tiffany Da Silva where she talks about her shine guru, uh, which she did with a couple of other uh, freelancers, uh, well, specialists, it doesn't matter. They were freelancers at the time where they support each other. Like, I'd love to do something similar. And that's how she created like a, a group of me and three, two three other um, women who are roughly in the same space. And we started talking about everything from rates to, you know, dealing with clients and things like that, which to me was incredible. It was like being on a, on a rocket ship with, with great people who had the same interests, a lot more experience at the same time, who were super honest, very candid about everything that they were going through. And those initial steps that, change my perspective. And I reached out to her on Twitter because Twitter has always been for me one of the best corners of the internet. I, I live in a place on Twitter 
mm-hmm. where people are inc- incredibly generous. They have incredibly thoughtful, nuanced conversations that are very, let's say, high level, but in a way that they also feel inclusive. So I'm very lucky to be around those people. I people I'd known them for a while, and it was it. I felt comfortable reaching out to them, even though I felt like ten levels below them still. Um, and that completely changed once I, 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 you know, saw them, and then obviously the people that they interacted with, and so on and so forth. My let's say perspective expanded and I found this entire new world of people who thought similarly as me, like keep it small, build a small business, build a business that you're happy with. Don't take bullshit from clients. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that would have probably hit me (laughs) along the way, but I managed to avoid them. Some of them because uh, I had these great people to, you know, see as kind of guides throughout this whole thing. So then what were your services like when you started out in those first few months? What were you offering to people? Uh, so my first, I, I actually, you know, contracted my first project um, before I left, like a week before I left my job for good. Yeah, uh, It was doing content f- uh, for a website for a web development business um, somewhere in the northern part of Romania. It was a good project, actually. It went well. They were very nice customers. It was a very nice, you know, first project. I got recommended uh, there by a friend who then became my client for two projects, mm-hmm. three too. Um, <laughs> now it, it's it's nice not to keep track. And uh, it went actually very well. And at, at the beginning, I did kind of my specialty being content marketing. I decided that like, I'm going to stick to tech and startups because that's what I know. Okay. And it was a mix of working, you know, with um, a product development agency, a company that, a startup that developed an AI thing that got sold recently and they did very well. And all of them, besides this first client, were people who already knew me from six years ago, 10 years ago, from the community. They, you know, some of them I worked together with in a different role in a previous job. I'd say that all of the networking that I did, but it wasn't the kind of sleazy kind of networking. It was just getting to know people because of my job and because I liked the the community and the people Mm -hmm. in it. Um, Everything worked, you know, actually, you know, turned into business relationships, which to me was fantastic because I knew that I worked with people that I genuinely enjoyed working with. We shared similar values. Um, and that's what made it really hard to, uh, leave some of those relationships further along. <laughs> that would make it really, really hard. <laughs> you said it uh, in passing early on, but you said that, uh, around three years ago, we started to work, uh, to talk. I mean, you've been very, very supportive of, of the podcasts, like of everyone and his marketers almost from the beginning. And you're always in a very kind of generous way. You've all, you're always so generous about everything. Like you just share other people's work and you just highlight other people's work. And you rarely talk about yourself. Uh, and I remember the first time we had a call. I remember I was in France then and I had decided I'm also going to quit my job one day. Uh, it took me a long time as well. And I want to focus on positioning on differentiation. I want to focus on helping people, you know, radically stand out, even though at the time it wasn't exactly the way I would describe it. And I always, I will always remember the way you reacted, which was in typical Andra fashion, which was like super excited for me saying that you'll be my first client. And I remember that because that gave me, that surprised me and that gave me the the confidence to keep pushing. Um, Anyway, 
long story short, you so you apply the unique ability thing, which is a book, but one of the core method is to understand what is the one thing that you're the best in the world at that gives you energy, that you have passion for, that people see that you're good at. Um, and so then I started to talk about a program that I would be building called Stand the Fuck Out, which was to help people yeah, radically stand out, to help founders, entrepreneurs, senior marketers radically stand out in saturated markets. And when I built it, when I started to think about it, honestly, I had you in mind because I remember thinking of, you know, who is it going to be for? And honestly, that was like for you, people who believed, uh, who didn't necessarily believe in themselves uh, as much as they should in saturated markets, doing something that could be, you know, where you could find a lot of direct competitors and trying to find a way to say, hey, you can actually become the only in a specific space that could is yours. And so, Anyway, I just wanted to give that context to, for the next thought, which is, do you remember the very first time you ever heard of that program? Do you remember when it was? I'm not very good on remembering dates and things. I do remember that it was, you know, it, it was at the beginning. So first of all, you know, I've, I've followed the podcast and I've followed your work since it started. And it, it is incredible to me how much I've learned through your work and how much it has elevated my own thinking. And how much your example of bravery and just being badass and super courageous and then and, and taking a stance and not being, you know, not, not sugarcoating it, not diluting things, not hiding, uh, and constantly just being there for other people. You've always served as an example of, of discipline and, but not the kind of tech bro stuff, <laughs> not, none of that, which I thought was very real and very authentic. So when I heard about the program, my first thought was this couldn't have come at a better time. I was at a point in my, uh, let's say, freelance business where I knew I had to make some difficult decisions and I knew I had to let some clients go. Uh, and I began to do that simply because I, I really like to do a good job. So I wasn't able to go as much in depth as I wanted to on those specific areas because you can't, you cannot. If you want to do AI, you have to do AI just point blank, nothing else. You're not going to be able to go in depth, to differentiate, not going to be able to deliver good work. The same goes for everything else. Like I mentioned, I had good relationships with these people. They knew me, they trusted me, relied on me. And it came to the point where I said, where I had to say, I'm sorry, but I have to pull out of this relationship because I want to just, you know, I, I want to try to focus a bit more. So the, the news about a course came around that time where I was trying to make those decisions, but I couldn't bring myself to actually do it, which was very, very difficult. And it Why was not? eating me up on the inside. What, what was going on in your head? I, I felt like I was letting them down because they, they'd rely on me. And I was, you know, the emotional factor for me was very strong. I hadn't yet been able to look at myself, see myself as a business owner that has to make business decisions and some of the things will work out and some not. Um, so that was in the place where I was at. And, and to me, you know, every, every, every moment of, you know, build up towards the program was this is, this is perfect. This is going to be, I, I had a lot of, you know, I had very high expectations from the course that won't hide and you just managed to surpass every single one of them. 
10x. And it was it was at that moment, it was kind of a pivotal moment because I realized like if I want to advance, I need to first of all learn how to talk better about my work, which meant understanding my work better and how my clients see me and what I want to do next. And I knew I had to niche, but it was just difficult to do. <laughs> so that's that's always that's why it's so interesting and that's why I talk about belief from the start. That's exactly what it is like in terms of blunt advice, every marketer out there will know that specializing, going in, focusing on a group of people, a specific set of skills or specific services is the way to go. And you can give that advice to everyone else. No emotion involved. Super easy to do that and say, oh, come on, it's so obvious. Go there. But what you pointed out, which is super important, and this is why you can't you can't go after a differentiation project or positioning project, whether whether as a freelancer or VP of marketing in a big company, without looking at emotions and beliefs, because they are fundamental into that web of decisions that you're going to not take or take. And yours, which is really interesting, is you had those beliefs that if you specialize, you're going to let people down. By not, you're not going to be able to serve them anymore, and therefore you're going to let them down, right? It's interesting because... Yeah, that's not something that ever crossed my mind, but that speaks to your generosity and how it seems like, you know, there are two types of relationships. It's social relationship or monetary relationships, right? And you can't really switch back and forth. You either have a social interaction with people and it's like you give them stuff, but they don't pay you. And it's just like back and forth, like as friends or people you know well. Or the monetary one where, yeah, they pay you and they're happy with the service and you can't really go back and say, hey, customer, do you want to be my friend, right? And so I struggle with the same thing. But you have a different thing, which is you don't want to let them down because it sounds like it's more of a, it was more a social relationship than monetary even. But the other way, so if we use the model, the other way to challenge that would have been to say, actually, I might do themselves a disservice right now because I'm working on their projects and I might not be the best person to do it because I'm much better at, if I specialize, I might mm. actually be 10x better for those others, right? And so by changing that small belief at the start, the emotion, instead of being super anxious and overwhelmed, could be like, actually, I feel much at ease, I feel happy, and therefore the actions are going to change and follow. So, okay, so you had that thought, and you knew you had to niche down, but yet that was blocking you. What else was blocking you? So it was that, it was also the fact that I, I felt like an, an imposter in the industry. So I, I've been in cybersecurity for six years now, but it is such a vast industry. It is, it, it has so much technical depth. It has so many niches, like sub segments of the industry, so many of them. And I felt like, because I come from a non-technical background and usually, you know, technical people in cybersecurity think of sales and marketing as complete and utter sources of endless bullshit and, and you know, friction and useless things. I felt very uncertain of my footing in the industry. Although I knew I did a good job because I had results in past history to prove it. And I knew that I believed in the right things, that it was easy for me to connect with technical people and be that bridge between them and their customers and, and help them navigate, you know, these relationships, which can be very complex and, and quite 
fraught <laughs> with a lot of things. Um, it, it, it was just difficult for me to pinpoint like, hey, here's what I do specifically, because I work across the board with clients and I work on so many different aspects. And I, while I wanted to kind of, I'm not a kind of freelancer who only does blog content, for example, I, I work on them on with them on a bunch of things because they're startups and they need help in various areas, not just with specific items. So it was difficult. I was trying to figure out where I stand in the industry and, you know, what are the key points that I can actually rely on to, you know, push them forward and say like, hey, this is what I stand for. This is what I do. And then there was this internal struggle around how do I maintain a client relationship that's focused on the specific things that I want to do for them and with them, obviously, while also kind of, you know, managing my time between customers, because if you work with them to the level of involvement that I work with them, like I'm partially part of their team, it's going to be difficult to, you know, um, kind of back out of that relationship and say like, hey, from now on, I want only want to do X, Y, and Z, even though I, you know, I know that you need the entire alphabet. So I had those two things in mind. And throughout, you know, stand the fuck out, so many things happened. And I actually figured out not just my positioning, but also my business strategy. And I figured out how I like to work with clients and what my core assets are that I bring to this process. So everything changed. Everything became super clear once, you know, I sat with all of these ideas and I did all the hard work that we we did during the entire experience. And I just came out at the end with things that were incredibly clear, just to, to give out an example and kind of, you know, um, this is like and from the a couple of steps forward is that when i sent the brief to the freelancer that did the content for my website because i did that to make sure that it happens she said like this is the best brief i've ever gotten it's super clear i have everything i need and when she delivered the first draft it was 99.999999% done on the first go and I knew in that moment and seeing my work reflected through her words, that inspired another level of clarity and a lot of self-trust, like, wow, I actually did all these things. I actually do all of these things. That's quite amazing. I would pay me. <laughs> and it was really an awesome experience. And I'm so happy with how everything turned out. If I hadn't gone through this experience, it would have probably taken me like three to five years to figure out all of these things. If I, you know, I would have eventually ended up at that point, plus I would have, you know, bumped my head along the road on every other <laughs> obstacle along the way. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. What was in the brief? In a brief was <sighs> a kind of extracts from all of the, uh, all of the exercises that we had to do during the course. Okay. It was uh, the, let's say, the summary of my unique ability. It was the values. It was everything that we talked about throughout the course. Plus, uh, you know, what I'm challenging in the industry, the status quo, um, stuff about my customers, uh, my work process, my work ethic, everything outlined. And the way that she reflected that back in the actual writing made me realize that I'm the kind of freelancer that will get involved in your team as I am, as 
I would, you know, I'm going to act as part of your team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work, only work with you in the long run. And that is one of the main things. So I only take on customers now that I know I'm going to work with for at least six months. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And I only, you know, I, I work across the, like across the board. I help recruit out of the freelancer, set up your internal processes and also deliver work at the same time. But it has to be that perfect, not perfect, but the right match between the, our values. We have to be stand for the same things. Yeah. If if I see that a founder or a CEO is only after the money, I'm not going to work with them. And that's that. It created clarity. It helps me stand out in a way that I know other freelancers don't. And I've worked with a bunch of freelancers since for my website, for other projects. And I have seen the huge difference. And this is not to toot my own horn. Uh, it it's is. just that I've seen the... the <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, no. fine. I'm going to do it's, it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's important to recognize when you've done tremendous work and taking a lot of tough decisions, but to see you the end, in the other side, like you're an inspiration for people listening right now who are not at this stage. So what's the difference between Andra before Stand the Fuck Out and Andra after? So you mentioned clarity. It seems like you, you really seem to know so what else? Uh, so besides clarity, it's confidence because in that clarity, you find yourself. I feel like myself more than I've ever felt. I feel like my identity was very spread across many things. And now it's just, it feels like several of me have finally coalesced. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, I've just, you know, I, I feel very uh, solid, I guess, very rooted in myself. And what I stand for, because work is at the core of my identity, and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm working on making that not core, <laughs> you know, because uh, several therapists will say that that is not entirely healthy. But this, this discipline and this, these values became very clear to me, and I was able to kind of step with more confidence into any project that I did, and it has only brought me incredible results. I've increased my rates. I have said no with more confidence and nothing bad happened. And that was incredible to see and to experience and to feel. Um, So it's clarity, it's self-confidence. It is a strategy because I now know what I want to do next. I now know what I don't want to do. And I'm very happy with that. I don't want to take on projects that are outside of cybersecurity and I'm perfectly comfortable with that as, you know, sexy and appealing as they might be. Uh, I know the kind of people I don't want to work with and I have the financial runway to be able to say no, which is also, uh, you know, one of the results, one of the byproducts of the course. Um, I I know that... um, I want to stay small. I want to be the company of one that Paul Jarvis talks about, and they're very comfortable with that. I don't want to hire anyone. Um, I, I know that I, at some point I want to put more effort into my business as in creating things for myself and not just for my customers. And I'm also making time for that because now I have this core that guides my decisions. And I know I can always go back to that. It's the values that I was left with, you know, after we went through all of the exercises in the workshop. It is the conversations and the aha moments, which were so many of them that happened throughout all of the conversations with the other members of the group. And it's also the kind of the the reassurance that you have 
knowing that there's this group you can go back to and ask for their opinions. And, you know, if at any point you feel lost, you, you can go and talk to them and know that they'll be honest and, and reflect back your thoughts and challenge them in ways that maybe the people around you can't do. You may have great friends, but they not maybe able to challenge you and, you know, still stay friends after that. Or they might not have a similar background, whatever it is. This group of people, even though we don't talk as often as we'd like to, and this happens a lot, this group of people has been incredible. And it's all been under your guidance because you set the tone and you set the standard. And just the fact that you articulated this experience to me, it's one of the most meaningful things I've ever done for myself. Um, And I find myself talking about it over and over again to other people. And I've gotten reactions, the sort of, hey, when I saw that, you know, I told one of my clients, like, this is the last non-cybersecurity project I'm going to do. And this is like, and he just sat there and said, you know, he emailed me a week after and told me, you've led me, you know, you, you've, you've pushed me to think about all of these things. What am I doing with my work? Am I on the right path? Is this something that I want to do? So I keep talking about the things that I, I, I really talk about the things that get me excited and that, you know, bring good things into my life and that kind of bring out the best in me. And that kind of overflowed into the people around me, ex colleagues that I had, my friends, customers, um, all kinds of people that I interacted with. Uh, And each one of them who turned to you, if they didn't know your work before, came back and said, thank you for this. I am learning a lot. And you were right. Like Louis delivers uh, incredibly. So yeah. So you did an incredible job. (laughs) Thank you. So what's your differentiate? What's your radical differentiation statement? Like if you had to describe what you do in one sentence. What is it now? So right now I help cybersecurity companies, broadly information security companies, uh, grow organically by, you know, challenging the status quo and no cliche content. Um, I'm, I'm breaking down all of these misconceptions that people have about various areas of cybersecurity. Nice. Um, and I'm finding this, yes, incredibly satisfying. So I know it's it's just a, a page from your book, basically. And I realized like I came sort of, you know, full circle. But that's um, the way it is. I mean, because the yeah. reason why you resonate with what I said and the reason why we're friends and the reason why we've been talking for years is because we believe in the same thing. So it makes total sense that you're using similar similar ingredients. Um but I think I think I think it's important to reflect on on what you've been able to achieve because I think deep down you knew what you wanted to do. Like uh, before before Stand the Fuck before the program, you had a rough idea of of where you wanted to go. And granted, as you said, you didn't necessarily have the clarity, but you it was obvious just looking at your experience that cybersecurity was was uh, an industry that was super interesting. It was obvious that content marketing was was it, but you were missing a few things. It's super powerful because you can, you are the only one who can claim this, which is why it's so interesting. And this is what radical differentiation truly is, is that you are now able to say, and you should honestly say that more often, you're the only, the only person, uh, who specializes in, in cybersecurity who can help you grow organically without the stupid cliches that go with it, you know, and that's only statement 
makes it like that's what gives you confidence right because you know you have nothing to worry about you're in your own spot you have your own market to own and defend and it's fun and business result wise so you've been i'm not going to ask you by how much you increase your rates or whatnot but any any concrete results that came through it like um are you booked for a long time did you reach revenue goals faster like what what are the, the things so right now, today, I signed what is probably going to be my customer uh, for a long time, and that kind of filled up my schedule. So I only work with three customers at a time maximum okay. um, because I, I, there's a very high degree of involvement. Right now, I'm booked for the foreseeable future, so I don't have any openings that I see like in my schedule at all. I've been I, one of my main customers I've been working with for over a year, and we've done incredible things together. I mean, we've shipped together more than I shipped in previous you know, jobs that I had before going freelance, right. like three times more. And I only worked with them, you know, as a freelancer, not full time. So that's been fantastic. I think that from last year, if I were to, you know, roughly calculate, I think that my revenue overall, like my yearly revenue will most likely increase this year by around 20 to 30 percent i guess okay. which is huge for me i never like i never expected this <laughs> i i don't have revenue goals but at the same time i wanted to reach a level where i was super comfortable so i can you know just take that off the plate altogether and only focus on the work the work has always been primary but still I've had people come to me and say like, hey, I noticed your uh, tagline on LinkedIn, which is my uh, positioning statement. And I find that very cool. Like, tell me more about it. And I've had a few people come in like that. And the last five or six leads that I got, which were all like inbound, they came to me. I didn't do any advertising. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I, I kind of practice what I preach given that I do organic growth. Uh, and all of them were from cybersecurity. So they were spot on. They were exactly the kind of customers that I would work with. It's just that I don't have time for that. So I referred them to other freelancers, which I think is such a, you know, it's such a joy to be able to do that. Besides that, I have made time to redo my website after two and a half years, and it is almost here, uh, and it's it's going to be live very soon. Mm -hmm. And I finally talk about all of these things in a coherent way, and I get to share my work uh, finally, which, you know, so much of it is behind the scenes, and I get to, to share my work with other people, and I'm planning a lot more content, uh, projects, like educational ones that talk specifically to this point of challenging stereotypes and breaking them down and actually, you know, talking to people about the real things in cybersecurity and about, you know, the, the things that actually click with people emotionally because 99% of stuff will just fly by with no reaction. Right. Okay. Um, wow. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's really good to know. Um, I'd like to just throw something out there and see. Uh, I don't want to like challenge everything you've been saying, but there's one thing that is super interesting to think about is how could you serve more people um, in that space? Because what you're doing is great work that is getting great results and you have a specialty that means that you're the only one in the world that can offer that. 
don't you think you're doing more customers a disservice by not being able to work with them? <laughs> and, and it's a question. It's a question for you for the future uh, because you have very strong opinions on on the way you deliver the work. Like for example, you said like you need to do, to work with people for a long time. You need to do deep work and stuff, which I which I get. Uh, but there's also beliefs, okay, and 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 maybe maybe you might find other ways to serve more people because yeah, I mean your your talent is out there and you only let three people at a time or three companies at a time get it. Um, and so I, I'm not expecting you to answer at all right now. I just want to literally make you think about it because that's also the journey I've been thinking about. You know, I used to say as well, I want to build a company of one. I'm not interested in having employees and whatnot. But then I realized the reason why I've been saying that is because I burnt out in my first agency having employees struggling to pay them. And I didn't want to face that again. And I realized, hold on mm. a second, the reason why you don't want employees, and I don't want like a company of 100 or whatnot, but at least, you know, a few, is because I didn't want to be in that situation again. And, and, and then I realized, hold on. Like you see the transformative impact you're having. I'm talking to myself now. You see the transformative impact you're having um, on others, you know, like Andra and others who, sh who shared, uh, went through the first program and the clients I have 101. You are doing more people who need you a disservice by not being there for them. And so now I'm asking myself, how can I be there for more people? How can I really inspire them to be what you've done? Because I know that those beliefs that you had and, and those things that we do together, I know more people will benefit from it. If only they knew about differentiation, the right way to do it. And if only they knew about what I, what I had to say about it. So again, it's an interesting question, I think, to ask ourselves as, as creators, entrepreneurs, because that's what we do. We are serving others and you know, maybe you should write a book. Maybe, maybe you should start a podcast. Maybe you should teach masterclasses, like paid masterclass. Maybe, you know, how can you help more people um, by working less, uh, potentially? Anyway, that's just to, to fuck up your, your brain a bit for the, the next few months. Um, what's Don't worry about it. I'm already thinking about it. This yeah. is the next stage. So this, this is the question that I was left with after, you know, send the fuck out and everything that happened since... This is my main thing now. So I'm planning to, once this whole, like putting the website together and everything else uh, in place, this is the thing that I'm sitting with and trying to figure out, you know, how do you scale something that isn't entirely scalable? Um, and I feel like this is a struggle that so many, like like I mentioned, so many content, cre so many creators in general face. Yep. Uh, how, how do you do this and still maintain that human connection? So it's going to be an interesting uh, new stage. <laughs> I'll be interested to talk to you more about this because um, I'm going through it now. And, and I think there's a lot of stuff that I picked up from what you said that um, that could be challenged. Because you have way more, like you have so much to offer um, in this industry in particular. What's the one thing that surprised you the most that you were not expecting about the program? Huh. Ooh, let me just uh, ponder on that just for a second. I think it's, it is the jump in perspective. It is the, let's say, just elevating your thinking, but so fast and with so many palpable results that you're, you know, I was left wondering, 
what have I been doing? I, I felt like I was an amateur before and now I'm a pro. <laughs> and that happened in the course of a few weeks. Uh, and it was just, it was fantastic to me to realize like, what the hell have I been doing all this time? Like I could have been doing this. And instead I was like wasting my time on what, not wasting my time, you know, but. A lot of, you see the way you talk about yourself, important to, <laughs> to check. You wouldn't say that to a friend, right? You wouldn't say, what no, have you never. been doing all this time? Right. So talk to yourself though. You talk to a kind friend. You need to be nice nicer i know i know i know I, i'm still working on that it's gonna be a few years work more no it's not but you yeah, see that's that another it. belief it's not it's not <laughs> it's not it's not gonna be a few years because if you think it's gonna be take a few years then it's gonna take a few years you yeah. know yeah you're right you're right and you're you know the the entire workshop is proof case and you know exactly case so in what? point that it doesn't have to take a few um, years Okay, but uh, the, so the, yeah, the, so the, what surprised you was the the pace at which you evolve or change or or, or learn. Is, was that was it, was it the, the main thing you think? Yes, the speed of transformation, and I, it ties into everything else. That you know, the way you articulated every step of the process, the kind of conversations that you facilitated among all of us, and the way that you pushed us which was both kind and, and, and gentle, but also very firm. Um, <laughs> you, you had a very strong hand and a very, you know, strong, firm grip. Uh, <laughs> and that helps a lot because it's, it's things that we don't, <laughs> we're not able to do for ourselves and not even, you know, our best friends or our partners or whoever loves us the most. They can't do this. Yeah. Radical candor. It's called yeah. like caring personally and challenging directly something I'm really trying to practice. And yeah, it's been tough. And you know, you know what, in this cohort, in the second cohort, I have two calls per week now because I have two groups and on the same discussion that happened, like similar stuff where at the start, the, the resistance is really strong, you know, they challenge everything. Like they're like, why are we doing this? And, but they're doing it regardless. And then the next week they're like, ah, oh yeah. I get it now. Okay, cool. You know, yeah. and it's funny because they paid for it and they know exactly what's going in it, but yet, yet their primal, like the, the primitive brain, the one that is the friend is like pushing back, you know, even, even if they yeah. know they need to do it, they just, they just the primal, like the primitive brain is just like, it can't, can't take it because you can't stick your neck out itself. You get, you get, uh, you get eaten by a lion, you know? So you want to go back to the, comfort of of the crowd and doing what everyone else is doing which is mm. oh, oh and there's, there's something else there's something else too the way that you talked about all of the challenges that we would face you anticipated every one of our questions and fears i'm speaking generally but this really applied to me i felt like you were talking about me the entire time just I me was. and my That's own issues <laughs> and yes yes you definitely you. you know you're target a customer so well like to a level that you would you probably don't face as you know get into as many experiences throughout the course of your lifetime to this degree of empathy and of true deep knowledge and that was fantastic that's what made the whole thing just incredible <laughs> thank you well yeah and i would do my people a disservice by not finding a way to serve more people doing this, right? <laughs> so it's true, like, and it's, that's why it's so important to, to think about. Let me think if I have something else that I can think about that I want you to know. 
Um, if 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 someone is listening to this podcast and they're on the fence about joining, like what would you tell them? That it is probably one of the most important and, and deeply transformational experiences that you can gift to yourself. It is some of the most difficult work that you'll do, but it is some of the most important work that you'll do for yourself. It's not just professional. This is about personal change. This is about understanding who you really are and kind of, you know, I know maybe it sounds, I don't know how it sounds for everyone, but it's like truly stepping into your power and figuring out what your power is for good and and using that and seeing yourself with clarity and with kindness and with, you know, maybe a little bit of awe, just discovering that thing that really amazes you about yourself And all of that happens through the course of a few weeks. And it's, you'll basically, you cannot expect the level of reward and of simply deep, true, authentic transformation that happens throughout the course of, of, of these weeks. And that elevates everything in your life, including your, you know, relationships with your close ones. Um, because when you achieve that certainty and that clarity, you are able to be a better person to yourself and to others as well. So um, to anyone who's on the fence is that you're not, that that self-doubt will get, you know, it, you, you're going to start and, and, and just chip away at that self-doubt in a way that you've probably never done. And it sticks with you. And that's the best part about it. It sticks with you. It's truly the kind of thing that's not temporary. It doesn't just go away in a few weeks. And we're now talking about this four months after it happened, five months. It's been five yeah, months. Already. It's been five months. And it feels like yesterday. And it's it, it sticks with you. It's, it's the kind of thing that truly, you know... Um, it's truly memorable. It's not just uh, that it gives you momentum and then you get to act on that. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Um, it means a lot. You're welcome. I wasn't very coherent on that. I wish it would have been more. <laughs> it is coherent. I mean, it makes sense to okay. me at least. Okay. Um, it's honest. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear the entire journey from start to finish because Again, and I know it's something I've been thinking about a lot more, but if we look back at this conversation and, and all the, the key moments in your life and all the stuff you've done, there wasn't anything, like in this program, there's nothing fucking brand new, innovative you've never heard before, I think. I mean, there might be a few stuff you've learned for sure that you've never heard before, but overall, there's nothing like fucking groundbreaking NASA type you know, spaceship technology or anything like, you know, it's, it's common sense. It's common fucking sense based on first principles, things that will never change, like fundamentals of psychology, marketing and business. Right. And yet mm-hmm. almost no one does it because of their self-meeting belief, because it's all about the mindset. It's all about that. And this is why it's not a course. It's more like a program with a course inside because you need other people to push you and you need me as well to, to fight your primitive brain and say, Hey, you know, just trust my fucking uh, experience on this. Just do this and then we'll talk next week. And so I think this is what I want to highlight. And, and so for people listening or watching, this is the most important thing. Like do work on your mental health, do work on your mindset 
it's very cliche, but it's so true because that's the only thing you can control. And so once you start with that, the rest becomes easier, I would say. Not super easy, but definitely easier. Yes, absolutely. And and then you get to iterate and then you get to build on that and you can reach you know heights you've never imagined yeah (laughs) anything you want because once you believe and this is one's a core belief of mine now once you believe that no matter what's going to happen next you will figure shit out once you believe that whenever you fall down you will stand back up once you believe that if something doesn't work you'll try something new or something else then what can happen you know it's just nothing can happen Yes. And it is the kind of mindset that will help you, you know, whether whatever happens to the world and whatever happens around us, we've never lived in a period like this. And this is the kind of, I want to call it acid, but it's so much more than that. This is the kind of things that it's, it's a survival tactic, I guess it is. I feel it is essential for us to survive and thrive because otherwise we'll just be stuck in a loop. Exactly. That's it. Yep. <laughs> That's the tweet. That's the tweet. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for this. And thank yeah, you. I have, yeah, you've left me with more homework. I love homework. You know, I love homework. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this special episode and to this very personal conversation. I hope that you find in it the triggers that you need to maybe look at the resistance that you're exhibiting towards some of the things that you want to do or you know just take a moment to think about that decision that you've been sitting on for a while but haven't yet you know truly committed to so thanks again if you found this episode useful i'd love to get your feedback or a review or you know any kind of sign that you found something useful and enjoyable in it And it's awesome to have you here. Expect more episodes that dig into decision-making and all of the nooks and crannies of the process that sometimes we don't realize. So I guess I'll see you soon. Bye.